I do. I want physical media, you guys. Physical media, it's so expensive. It is. Video mm. game soundtracks are expensive. It is ridiculous. Uh, this is a very special episode, but before we get into exactly the contents, I'm Brett Elston, usually the host of BG Empire. BGEmpire.com, everyone. Thank you for the ratings on iTunes. Uh, it should be available up there, obviously. And uh, please vote on it. Please comment on the page there. And uh, comments on VGEmpire.com are always welcome. Like, that always gives me a little little spring to my step every time I get an email <laughs> that says comment, and it's not spam. He keeps falling over when he gets the springs. So yeah. It's um, but yeah, this is Brett Elston, and joining me is, to my right... Henry Gilbert. And you are here for... Oh, uh, what... Oh, I mean, well, I was just trying to throw. You, I was just trying to throw you off your game, and it totally worked. Yes, you did. <laughs> but you run a po- another podcast yourself. Yeah, I have another podcast on the Laser Time Network, a sister show to this. It's uh, Cape Crisis, but yes. comic books. Yes, and do not give me the URL. I don't want to say it on this show. It's clean. Right. It's a clean show. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you can just find the Cape Crisis stuff on LaserTimePodcast.com, and it's also on iTunes at this point. I oh yeah, totally on iTunes. I like any. I just like Brad. I love comments on stories and. It just love. helps give a barometer for how we're doing. Yeah. Uh, and then also, uh, across from me... Michael Grimm. And you are actually taking the reins on this episode, because this is a, a, a specific piece of music um, Yeah, that uh, is very important, but you have the expertise that I do not in this series. So. It is. This one's close to my heart. It's uh, Earthbound, a.k.a. the Mother Series. Mother Series. Yes. And you've been wanting to... Uh, Give this its due for a while now. Right? Yeah, I'm I'm a little worried and I'm underprepared, but you know, <laughs> I feel like I gotta put my passion out there and get it done. So, but yeah, I mean, it's one of my absolute favorite games of all time, Earthbound. I haven't actually played Mother One. I just finished Mother Three last month. Ah, I see. But the music in this game, these games are just amazing. Yeah, it's, this is a series where uh, I mean, I never played Earthbound, and it's it's weird that I didn't because I was super into RPGs in the Super NES days, and I played like. You could name any like B level RPG like Paladin's Quest and whatever else was on Super <laughs> NES and like yep played that and then did you play Seven Saga Seven yep still own it to this day <laughs> Lufia Lufia yeah and it's like did you play Earthbound no and and as recently as like two thousand uh, navigating uh, husks of blockbuster videos as they were shutting down I remember seeing an Earthbound in the box with that big weird sized box and being like eh. Right. In 2000, when I knew mm. it was rare and knew it was a cool thing, and I was still like, me. But uh, it did. It had that huge box because it came with a strategy, strategy full guide. size strategy guide that was packaged with it. Had because scratchy. Nintendo was afraid, like we wouldn't what get if it. People don't understand. Americans just don't get. Things. Even though we've, uh, we just, you know, that Final Fantasy two and three sold really well, mm-hmm. but right. maybe they still don't get it. But uh, I did get the soundtrack to this at some point in there when I was like, we were really into our heavy. Uh, soundtrack ripping days um, when we actually just plugged the game in and ripped the soundtrack ourselves nice. before MP3s and all that. I don't think that's how I got Earthbound, but somewhere in there I came into the Earthbound soundtrack and much like Ease before I ever played Ease, I was so familiar with the Earthbound soundtrack mm-hmm. even now and I love it all, mm-hmm. but I've still never played the game. Yeah, <laughs> But that's how that, you know you know the music is good because like I have no context for any of this. I don't exactly. know where it plays, but it's all good. No, it's definitely like I think it's... I listen to game music, uh, but this is one of those soundtracks where I can put it on when I just want music. Right. Like, because there's so many good things on here, and I mean, I don't want to pump it up too much, but I mean, the soundtrack literally sounds like nothing else on the Super Nintendo. It's like, very unique. It uses the chipset in such a strange way, like with trumpets and like lots of weird, like, I don't know, like psychedelic almost synths and stuff, and yeah. which, which is sort of a theme in the game, but you know, it has a really interesting sound. It's uh, The music was composed by uh, Keiichi Suzuki. Uh, he did one and two. He didn't do three. Okay. He checked out because he was busy with something else. But Keiichi Suzuki is a guy who is in a Japanese band called Moonriders. And they're kind of like this uniformed, like, sort of Devo-ish sort of band. <laughs> and he's, you know, just a longtime musician. And he signed on to do this game. Uh, he also did uh, Tokyo Godfathers, that anime that came out a couple oh, years ago. I love Tokyo Godfathers. He did the music so for that. And oh, the song. It, uh, sorry. Yeah. The, uh, yeah it, I love most in that movie is uh, they have an ending song, uh, like a techno version of um, Beethoven's Night Symphony, part the da da da. Oh, to joy. Oh, to that's joy. Yeah. yeah. That's really good. That might be the theme for Game Center CX, but. So what song brought us in to start this all off? Uh, we brought it in with uh, Sunrise and Onet theme, or One t- One It. It's One It, Tucson, Three, and Foresight are the name of the cities you go to. I get it. One, two, three. Like Articuno, Zapdos, it's and Moltres. Exactly. Mm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's it's a pretty, it's like the first theme of, wow. it's sort of the beginning of the game. And, I never uh, got that Uno. Du- are you wow. serious? Wow. I seriously never got that. Oh my wow. God. Wow. Well, Okay. <laughs> Man, <laughs> teaching somebody something yeah. every day. Wow. VG Empire. 
feel so stupid. Uh, I believe it's, uh, I don't know the Spanish word for stupid. Estupido. Estupido? Estupido, I think it's a... Oh, I didn't be. Um, (laughs) Dios mio. Yeah. But yeah, it's a nice uh, sort of upbeat track that takes, uh, I don't know, a lot of elements from the soundtrack that I like. Yeah. Sort of goofy, kind of like over the top. It's weird because the soundtrack jumps around. Like, there's lots of sort of more upbeat tracks that kind of have like... Almost Weird Al Yankovic kind of sounding like trumpets and like Roomba kind of like yeah, polka. polka thing going yeah, on. polka thing. There's all kinds of weird stuff on here. But then there's like really, you know, darker tracks like, you know, the Gaiagus, Gaiagus battle stuff yeah, yeah. and all that. And But yeah, I mean, yeah, Keiichi Suzuki made the music for the game. And it, the director producer is this guy. His name is uh, Shigesato Itoi. And he's like, he's an amazing person. He's not a game guy at all. Like, he's just a dude who's some sort of like, he's kind of like a pop philosopher kind of guy, right? Yeah, he's written, I think he's most, well, he's one of those just Japanese celebrities who's just a Japanese celebrity, but (laughs) I think he's, in Japan, he's most known as a novelist. Yes. He is a writer. He keeps a daily blog that gets like, you know, all kinds of hits all day long. And he's, you know, it's just all kinds of interesting, I don't Mm. know, stuff. But he basically, I guess, agree, or he wanted to do this game with Nintendo and... From what I understand, yeah. I mean, he pitched it to him, and they were like, I guess they get pitches from celebrities yeah, all the yeah. time. They're like, no. Yeah, well, in the late 80s, like, yeah. I think uh, I think as the story goes, like, he got really addicted to Dragon Quest, like everybody yeah. in Japan. And he was like, I want to make a Dragon Quest. I want to make an RPG. And it was two things. Apparently, like, uh, Miyamoto was not a fan of RPGs because he was like, no, you should enjoy a game by playing it. Like, you're not actually playing this. This doesn't need skill or you becoming skillful. But then uh, apparently Itoi like convinced me he's like, well, but what if you're not skillful at Mario? You'll never will be. But if you play an RPG enough, then you can be better. And that right. convinced him to do it. But at the time, like it was a cool thing to make video games. Video games were hot and new. Mm-hmm. Anybody, everybody was probably pitching it to Nintendo. And and Miyamoto like apparently his commandment for for letting Itoi do it, he said. If you're doing it, you actually are going to be the game director on this. You don't get to pop in every other weekend and say, how's it going, guys? You work on this game. Right. And Detoy committed to it, and he was the real director of the game, even though he's never he had never designed the game before or programmed anything. Right. Which is what's interesting, because I think like you have a guy on the soundtrack who's like a regular musician who doesn't have any kind of history in game stuff, and then you have a director who's not a game director, yeah. and you get this game that's like the biggest black sheep, I think, in Nintendo's history, where it's like, <laughs> it's this completely non-Nintendo game that just sort of happened to be put out by Nintendo. Like, mm-hmm. it's a very But odd, made of Nintendo strange... quality. Like, yes. The production is yeah. top-notch. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, but yeah, anyway, the soundtrack, uh, the first game, though, Mother 1, uh, sequentially, it's Mother, Mother 2, Mother 3. Mother 2 is Earthbound. If you didn't already know that, that's so how that's set up. Yeah. Yes. Well. Mother One's never been released in the states. Uh, neither is Mother Three. Sad face. But, uh, Sad face is right. They released Mother One and Two on GBA, and they re-released those. Uh, mm. But you know, you're not you're not going to get it. There is a fan translation, I think, out for Mother One, so you can play that if you want. Mother Zero, or whatever. They actually did translate Earthbound Zero for uh, like Mother had been localized for America, but then Nintendo just decided, nah, not going to release it. Like, ugh. Which is, isn't that even sadder? It seems strange in this day and age that it's still not. Because we ended up, eventually, we got Sin and Punishment, which is kind of a, a famously yeah, never yeah. never brought over game. And it's like, you have digital distribution. It, it cuts down on the risk of that quite mm. a bit. Like, you don't have to spend that much. Like, you could take some of these fan translations. They give them to you for free. Throw a little bit of money at it. I mean, I know a little bit more about how this works. So I know it's never as easy as just take this thing that's easy and going to make money and then just put it out. It's like, no, it's never that simple. Yeah. It's never as simple as it sounds. But Nintendo, come on, it's well, not. It's also not as hard as they would seem to think it is. I get into it a bit later too, but right. I mean, uh, there's there's lots of other reasons why Mother Three will never be. Yeah, there's other reasons. Well, Mother uh, One is a yeah. Mother was, One is essentially Earthbound's or Mother Two is essentially an SNES remake. Like oh. I guess there's original like elements in one, but a lot of the music is just sort of you listen to the tracks and they're eight bit Nintendo tracks, and then they totally get upgraded and it's the exact same melody and structure but then they just put it on an SNES thing and add like a bass line. So what songs did you pick from Mother 1? So for Mother 1 I just have the introduction song which I think is amazing Uh, and following that is Approaching Mount Itoi. There's a mountain named after the director. (laughs) (laughs) And then the classic sort of I guess there's a track called Eight Melodies because you collect these sound stones and each stone has one of the melodies and when you get them all it plays this song called It's Just the Eight Melodies song and it's kind of sort of the I guess anthem for the series. I see. But yeah. We will listen to those and come back. Yes, let's do it. (laughs) 
Yes. Yeah, that was actually really good. Yeah, they're pretty... It's just interesting hearing them because it feels like composed music. Like, you, know, you listen to a lot of video game yeah. music and it's like, well, you know, mm -hmm. it's like bass line. It's very rhythm oriented. Yeah. And these are very... Seem more melody oriented. I yeah, think. it's trying to get a. It seems much more like a score kind yes. of thing. Mm. That second song, uh, the Mount a Toy. Yeah. Sounded. It sounded like I'm getting shades of. Uh, it sounded like Sunsoft kind of music. Like there's just some notes in there that sound a lot like I hear Sunsoft and I hear stuff like Tecmo did with Ninja Gaiden. Mm -hmm, uh, definitely. There's some stuff. There's some of those notes that. None of those are typical Nintendo things either. Like you don't hear that kind of stuff in Zelda, or Mario, or. Mm. Koji Kondo didn't like those notes as much. I guess I don't know. He just didn't go that route with the uh, the sounds the sound chips. I suppose. I definitely get the vibe that uh, Suzuki was doing this. Like you hear how he uses the sound, and it seems like he's trying to make everything sound like a real instrument. Like he doesn't. Yeah. Like there's some synthy kind of sounding stuff in there for sure, but a lot of it it's just like there's lots of kind of noise things. This comes more apparent in the SNES stuff. Yeah, but, yeah. And it didn't really sound like most NES games. Like it wasn't your typical NES music or beats to it or anything. It was. It's just funny, yeah, because it gets even more ridiculous when you get into the SNES stuff. Because a lot of the songs are sort of redone in Earthbound from other ones, so it's the same mm -hmm. melody. But then it's like he'll add, you know, a trumpet section or like just some sort of weird static in the background. Yeah. It's just sort of like, and it's like. <laughs> And, you know, he's sort of just a guy that's kind of into experimental music, you know, and like kind of out there rock and stuff. So it sort of shows through. Mm. So are you moving on to Earthbound at this point or did you have more from Mother? Well, I mean, I haven't really played Mother, but I mean, just sort of what we've already said about Mother too. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, definitely, uh, one, I'd, I'd say it's certainly my favorite game ever. I, I just like it. It's such a strange take. It's The whole idea is that you're this kid Ness and you wake up in this town and it's basically... A Japanese team's take on what they think American life is, and mm. it's as wrong and <laughs> crazy as you would imagine. And it's just—it's strange. It was always funny to me playing RPGs on when I was growing up because they're all like old. They're all like kind of fantasy based. You know, it was just this idea mm -hmm. that well, you're always in some sort of vaguely medieval era, yeah. you know, and you're like a sword and sorcerer guy. And in this one, it's like. No, this takes place in 20XDX, like most games do, or 19XDX, I think, or whatever. But it's uh, basically just, you know, you're in the modern day, and you're this kid, and you have these little psychic powers, and everything's, you know, there's cars, and I was like, cars in an RPG? What? Yeah, and like your hit points are a speedometer or something like that? Yeah, they have this like rolling, it's like basically, you know, when you buy gas, and the thing rolls over, oh, yeah, it's yeah. just like that, and it's part of the game mechanic, too, where you'll fight enemies who automatically kill you. But you don't die until your your health spins down at a fixed rate. So if you have 50 health and you take 100 damage, it'll spin down to zero. And if you can finish the fight or heal the person before it's done spinning down to zero, they'll stay alive. Yeah. So that's sort of one of them. That's probably the only mechanic, battle mechanic, that's super original in, in the right. game. The rest of it's cool. very straightforward kind of SNES, yeah. JRPG kind of stuff. I keep meaning to actually play it because just what I the vague stuff that I know like I know the game starts and you wake up in your pajamas to like go see this meteor that's fallen or whatever yeah. it is yeah, it was and a then crash. Yeah. and then like the dog answers the door or starts knocking at the door is that pokey it's pokey knocking at the door yeah yeah and they, the, the dog pony <laughs> is knocking at the door wait yes. so pokey's someone else pokey's your neighbor he's the fat kid okay he's, uh, and he ends up playing a bigger role I'm guessing yes, later in the yeah game. he sort of becomes the main villain yeah, yeah or yeah. second. But yeah, uh, funny thing about that too is I think that his name is actually Porky, but it was a mistranslation. Ah. So he's commonly known as Pokey, but his real name is Porky. Porky. That's also strange to me that like it, it, it's so Earthbound is so built around like Americana and yes. Americanness, but it was made like by Japanese. It's all seen Japanese through the most Japanese filter for a Japanese audience, like. And it was interesting too, because like you fight monsters and stuff, but like a lot mm -hmm. of the bosses you fight, there's like a new way or new age retro hippie is one of the enemies you fight. You just fight people that are sort of possessed by the evil, you know, force that's kind of attacking the earth. So right. you're just fighting like one of them's like just hurried businessman or something. And there's just this guy with like a briefcase and it's just like yeah, nice. all these enemies you fight and everything is so strange and yeah, I don't know. It's a difficult thing to explain, but it is it doesn't feel like anything else the music reflects that because right. it comes from people that aren't necessarily people that made games. Yeah, I mean that's so why I think like, the whole uniqueness of everything about this is because it's from like here's what happens when two really talented outsiders step in to make a game. Yeah. And you get something that doesn't look, play or sound like anything else cuz like there's not really a game you can as far as I know that you can say, "Oh, it's like Earthbound." Yeah. And you're like, yeah. "Not really." Yeah. Uh, you know, here's another fun Itoy fact. The uh <laughs> He was the voice of the father uh, in uh, My Neighbor Totoro. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. And he also wrote, wrote a uh, the, these 
I knew that one already, but here's two Wikipedia facts. <laughs> he co-wrote a book of short stories with uh, Murakami, Haru, uh, Harumi, Haruki. Haruki Murakami. Haruki Murakami. And he was a guest on several episodes of Iron Chef. Well, there you go. One of the judges. <laughs> That's wow. good. Well, my fa- final factoid that I forgot to mention was Suzuki uh, also did the soundtrack for Beat Takeshi's 2003 remake of Zatoichi. Ah, that movie's not bad. That movie's right. pretty good. But yeah, Japan. Sure. Japan, everybody. <laughs> yeah. I remember the thing, uh, that, that story I linked you to where it was like somebody dug up like an old, like I guess, Famitsu interview or whatever it was with uh, the, fam- the, the Earthbound team. Yes. And like Satoru Iwata is one of the people they talk <laughs> to about right. it. But uh-huh. the thing about a pizza delivery guy that... Yeah, yeah that was really interesting. Yeah, yeah this was uh, what was it from? It was from Famitsu, right? Yeah, I don't remember what magazine it was, but some '90s magazine that ancient, ancient interview yeah. with him. But yeah, he was talking about. So in the game, you have this thing. Uh, there's uh, your sister works for Escargot Express, which is like a pizza delivery thing, and it's basically your item management system. Like you can call her, and she can take items away from you, so you have inventory space. Because inventory mm. space becomes a problem in the game because mm. you don't have that much room, and one of the characters attacks primarily with items. So it's like you need to have his inventory pretty much filled with like these pencil bottle rockets or whatever. Anyway, so basically what happens is that you call her on a phone and then she's like, oh, okay, I'm on my way. But then she doesn't show up immediately. Like you walk around for a bit and you continue doing stuff. You have to wait for her to get there. And at the time I thought that was just cute because it's like, oh, well, it's, you know, trying to be a little realistic. Like, you know, she's hoofing her, hoofing mm-hmm. out here to give you your stuff. And then it's like, uh, Escargo Express. Yeah, sorry. But then, um, it turns out from this interview, what had happened was that there was a pathing problem where they were basically making that person walk to you throughout the world game map from wherever I guess you last what? used them. So that's why it was taking them forever. So they had to program this like AI to find its way through the map to travel from wherever the last place to yeah. use it was to walk to you, run to you. And it was like, why would you do that? And it's like yeah, wow. the idea that this uh, four-dimensional uh, bottomless box equivalent... That lets you just store items indefinitely, yeah. like actually has to physically navigate to you. Yes, the like, fact that it's not just yeah, and had, they had to make it like smart enough to know where the doors were and all that kind of stuff. That's crazy. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, but the music, everybody. But yeah, I mean, you know, it is. That's the whole thing about this game that I like is that it, it is as much about the overall experience and how everything meshes together really well, despite yeah. the fact it's all really weird. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, we'll move on to. I guess I have a fairly large selection of Mother 2 stuff let's, here. Let's do it. But yeah, we're going to go... Uh, the one we opened the show with is the uh, Sunrise and Onet song, which is one of the original ones. And there's Paula's theme, which I think is also a classic. Megaton Walk is... I believe... I forget where this shows up in the game, but I believe it's with Dungeon Man. And Dungeon Man is a sentient dungeon who walks around the <laughs> desert, so you have to climb inside him and navigate the dungeon. Yeah. There's a Skyrunner theme. The Skyrunner is a Mr. Saturn. Mr. Saturn is, of course, the little schnoz guy with the bow in his hair. You know awesome him, Moran in Smash Brothers. You know him yes. from Smash Brothers Melee. You do. You were like, God damn it, there's that guy again. I can't yeah. throw him. He does no damage. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the Skyrunner is this thing that uh, Dr. Andonuts makes, which is this kind of, you know, it's like basically the airship. Uh, you don't really get to manually use it. Anyway, it's a good theme. Then there's the classic Pokey Means Business, which yeah. we all know. That's... I think I played that uh, in the battle music episode, actually. Oh, okay, okay. Because it goes like, it starts off slow and then just goes into. Well, it starts off 8 bit and then yeah. it turns into like a 16 bit like, song. Slipknot double foot pedal. Right. There's one, also, this one I really love. It's You've Come Farness, and it's sort of at the midpoint in the game where you're in Saturn Village and you sit in this pink hot spring and you just kind of sit there and you basically are invited to drink coffee with the Mr. Saturns, which is... uh, I'm not saying it's drugged coffee, but it's (laughs) drugged coffee that this child drinks, and then you have a a minor hallucination where they talk to you and tell you about uh, the progress you've made. Wow. Uh, Yeah, but we'll end with that one. All right, so we'll run through those. We'll run through those and come back and And then briefly touch on Mother 3. All right.
man, some of that stuff, like the recurring, like, yeah. just all those, like, that's what sticks with me when I think of Earthbound music is weird, wispy, flighty noises. And because I, yeah, I can't place it with any location. Yeah. I just think, oh, like, very kind yeah, of, it's yeah. psychedelic, just kind of whooshy stuff with like lots of kind of. Yeah, but just so much playing with the game that, or playing with the audio, it's just so. Yeah, it, it's such a unique sound that, like, yeah, when you listen to the Earthbound soundtrack, it, you can't... Even the soundtrack of the game is so specific and unique, you can't really compare it to something else. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, yeah, it, yeah. You can start picking out, like, Uematsu music from, like, Final Fantasy four and six, or... You can, yeah, al- you can yeah. always start telling when a composer, like, this thing sounds like that, or this is clearly a Koji Kondo song, or, or whatever, but, like, this is, like, nope. This, all sound, this is just Earthbound. Like, it's super specific. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it's funny, too, because the other tracks in the game, like, when you go, uh, there's a guy named uh, Poe, who's one of the people you meet, but he kind of lives in, like, this vaguely Orient kind of, like, uh, Indian slash sort of Thai Nepal <laughs> place, and the track for that is, like, it's super, like, Eastern sounding, and it just has, like, uh, very different instrumentation, it doesn't sound sort of like any of those songs I just played, and it's just, it jumps all over the place, not only in style, and but just sort of the instrumentation and what he's trying to do with it. Right. Yeah. Like all the threed stuff is like, it's a zombie infested town. So it's like, everything's very dark and scary. And, but then he has like these, you know, weird polka, like, you know, yeah. tuba sound effects and trumpets. Everywhere. How long would you say the game is? If I were to finally succumb and bother playing this <laughs> game. <laughs> it's pretty long, but I mean, if you have a save state thing, it's not as long, you know, uh, I wouldn't recommend buying it. Cause it's, I think it's $160 for just the cartridge Jesus and a complete Christ. copy of the game is about $500 now. Right. Yeah. I wish so. I don't do that. I wish I would have paid attention and ever, <laughs> like even in 2000, 2001, when I was like, full on collector mode I would still see copies of Earthbound and just be like oh, I don't want to play that when I wasn't even like that's not why I was collecting the games like I was buying NES games because I liked their title screen music like I right. have like Jordan versus Bird and Magic Johnson's Fast Break and like all these games that I'm like oh it's got good title screen music I'll take it <laughs> Earthbound ugh, I'll never play that it's like I'm not gonna play Fast Break it's <laughs> never gonna happen so I'm really kicking myself for never and then it's Nintendo doesn't make it available yep. like anywhere yeah it seems like it never will like they were given perfect chance like the the mother one and two for the GBA seems like there yeah. there you go it's you remade it yourselves yeah. already just localize it. There have been a lot of wondering why they can't. And then I, I think it was maybe in a Talk Radar episode or maybe there was an, an article or something. But like a lot of that music seems... Uh, well, yeah. Like it's sampling Beatles stuff or... Uh, yeah, that's... Like there's a lot of that like nebulous stuff that you could get away with it in 95 because no one's really paying attention still. But if you tried it now... There's just enough eyes on games that somebody might be like, wait a minute, that that's, sounds like... Well, Suzuki is a huge Beatles fan, too. Yeah. And, uh, there are a lot of Beatles cues in a lot of these songs if you keep an ear out for them. And, and I wonder, I wonder if that has sucks. anything to do with it, like if they're I, scared at all. Or... Yeah, I could imagine, yes, because there's the Batman theme in Mother 3 that yep. became a huge issue. But, yeah. yeah. Speaking As we of, mentioned, there's... Speaking, yeah. speaking of Mother 3. <laughs> yes. Uh, Mother 3, I think, you know, if you've paid any attention to the internet, you're aware of how... <laughs> raged everyone was that never got released mm-hmm. and the fact you know lucas was in smash brothers brawl and all this other stuff yeah i was gonna say do you think that smash brothers the smash brothers franchise like caused there to even be the demand for a mother three like well i mean it couldn't hurt i mean there were enough earth the thing about earthbound fans too is that i think that they kind of definitely fall into that ultra hardcore group where it's just like people that aren't nest like myself aren't necessarily like insanely passionate about a franchise right you get into this and it's just like yes and then everybody that's into it you automatically like them and you just really feel passionate about this franchise because you know it means something to you you think mm-hmm. it's really neat and it stand out and it's also uh, you know as the internet kept getting bigger and bigger because when earthbound came out it wasn't an issue at all the internet was a non right. uh, a non-factor but around 2001 when you have nest show up in in melee and then especially by the time brawl comes out it's yeah. like the internet gives a big voice to a minority. Very true. So even though the min- the number of people who are actually asking for Mother 3 mm-hmm. in a grand scheme of things, as far as like trying to sell a number of copies, is probably pretty small. Right. But mm-hmm. on the internet, it can look incredibly huge. Like Even if you get 20,000 people in one forum, it's like 20,000 people in a forum. That's crazy. But it's right. like, well, actually, if the game sells even, let's say, double that. Mm-hmm. Nintendo's losing a lot of money. Right. So it's like, yeah, I mean, granted, it, it probably wouldn't cost them a lot to take one of the existing fan translations and bring it over. But, right. you know, but it also is like, that's a huge fan play. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you may not make a lot of money, but it would make so many people 
happy. Right. And like yeah. take away this one like hovering uh, sad cloud that's there and like just just put it out. So it's it's a it's a it's it's a balancing act that I'm sure people in a way like weakly like oh, I wish yeah. there was an easy way out of this problem. It's funny to me too because like the demand I think for stuff related to this game is so high that you have places like Fangamer yeah. who make amazing fan-made Earthbound because there's nothing to buy. Like nobody yeah. makes Earthbound t-shirts or stuff mm. anymore. It's all just like even in Japan. Even in Japan, like they think for when they re-released uh, 1 and 2 on GBA, they had like screen cleaners, like little capsule game things, yeah. and mm. those were selling for like $50 each on yeah. like eBay just cuz everyone's so foaming at the mouth for Earthbound stuff. There's yeah. nothing to be had. Well, especially so here, like, yeah, it's like next to nothing. Yeah. Got them scratch and sniff Snickers, Stickers. scratch and sniff <laughs> Stickers. Stickers. That's why I didn't try the game. I saw that in ads for it. I was like, yeah. scratch and sniff. That sounds so dumb. Yeah, I thought it was like, that's dumb. That's childish. Excuse stupid... me, I'll be playing Mario 3. <laughs> yeah, like... What kind of stupid gimmick is this? I'm yeah. going to just play Yoshi's Island. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, uh, shall we play the Mother 3 tracks real quick? Let's and then... do it. Mother 3 was yes. developed by Brownie Brown, Brownie. The, uh, which is they a did bunch Magical of... Star Sign. Didn't Ma- they? Magical Star Sign and Magical Vacation, another game that never came out in America. Well, do you but, want to talk uh, about it real quick after the yeah, songs? Sure, yeah, sure, sure. sure. Let's go. Okay, cool, cool. All right, uh, three we're going to play here. Uh, I took these off the Mother 3i soundtrack, which are sort of medleys. It's not broken up into individual songs like the other games are. Mm. But there's sort of like three to four songs in the game kind of stuck together that fit thematically. Uh, Soundtrack for Mother 3 was not done by Keiichi Suzuki. It was done by Shogo Sakai, uh, because I guess Suzuki was busy. Uh, It's definitely a different sounding soundtrack, but he captures a lot of, I think, what made the uh, original sound interesting. Right. But yeah, so we'll take a quick listen to these and we'll be right back.
Yes. That uh, was the, so the last song is where Collins Bear Animation came from? Yes. The last song is Funky Monkey Dance, which is from Other 3, and that is uh, the song using Collins Bear Animation. That's like, yeah, that's one of those YouTube videos that needs to have like 10 million views, and maybe my favorite <laughs> YouTube video of all time. It is really great. That explains so much with the random Earthbound background in that. Or was yes. it Mother 3 in the background? It's Mother 3 in the background. Oh, okay. Yeah, it just yeah. looks like Earthbound. Wow. <laughs> the second that's... The, 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 I'm like, that's Collins Bear. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> wow, two worlds are colliding. Yes, uh, but yeah, Mother 3 definitely has a different sound to it, because, I mean, it's GBA hardware, which sounds a little different. Yeah, GBA is always hard to get like good audio clips of mm. in DSs in the same boat. It's just super difficult. But yeah, uh, through listen there was Welcome to Mother 3 World, Obuta Mask, uh, and the third one was Funky Monkey Dance. God, Funky Monkey. Wow. It's but changing yeah. my life. So catchy. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so you recently finished Mother 3. Yes, I recently finished Mother 3, and having upon finishing, I mean, the fan translation is amazing, number one. Whoever did that deserves a, deserves a medal. I'm sure you can uh, read more about them at starman.net, the mm. premier site for uh, Earthbound fans. Anyway, but uh, it's really good. Uh, it's very sad. It's a sad game, mm-hmm. and it is not. it does not have the kind of, I don't know, weird happy tone that 2 has. It sort of has this sort of prevailing kind of just like uh, feeling <laughs> to it, and then uh, there are things that happen in the game that are... I saw there was like is a boss fighter. You fight a depressed guy who just like won't fight yes, back and uh, wishes you'd kill him. Yes, like, a negative man, I believe is yeah, his name. But yeah, he's just this guy with this like look on his face, <laughs> and he's just got a tear on his face, and all he does is just talk about how bad he is. And if he ever attacks you, he does a critical hit for one damage. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's a weird game because I mean it is on GBA, uh, but. It did a lot of different things. The combat system has a rhythm-based system in it where when you uh, hit someone, you get a little musical note, and the music for each enemy is sort of pulled from one of, like, eight tracks, mm-hmm. and then you sort of have to, like, hammer the beat along to the time with the song. Huh. Problem is, the video audio sync doesn't work in the emulator, so it doesn't really work when you play it on a ROM. That sucks. Which sucks. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, I mean, a uh, ROM that you only have for 24 hours because you own a hard copy. Right, right, right. right. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's got that. Um, what else does it have? Dude, you speak, you, you, can read, you can read Japanese. I think you were actually playing the cart, weren't you? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, so yeah. I was playing it on my Mother 3 GB, GB Mini, which I is thought, a thing that exists. Yeah, Game Boy so. Micro. I thought yeah. that's what you did. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, uh, there's other things in the game too. There's things called McGipsies, which are, I think, the number one point of contention with why this game will never be released in updates. But as oh. we all know, Japan is not shy of androgyny. Like that's something <laughs> that's sort of a part of their culture. And that's, just, you know, okay yeah. for them. Uh, the McGipsies in this game are pretty flagrant drag queens that are just like sort of big fat bearded guys in like wow. fairy dresses with like eyeshadow and lipstick. Oh boy. And they are sort of magical creatures in the game that are kind of treated like, you know, sprites or whatever. Right. <laughs> but then there are numerous scenes where they interact with a Lucas, a 10 year old boy in the game that are uh, just this show, just this side of offensive to some <laughs> most people, I think, in the United States. It, it's so. enough that Nintendo NOA would not want to yes. dip their toe in that pool, exactly. Mm-hmm. Which so, is unfortunate because it's like, really, just put it out digitally, and no one will. The, the the mass market that would report on it, scandalous, right? Would well, never even know it existed. It even sounds risque for like Nintendo of Japan, almost too risque for them, but. I think, you know, it's a toy. They have such a history with him, and it's like they, he can get away with that kind of thing. Well, so I, I'm guessing when they went into Mother 3, they were probably like, oh, yeah, this isn't going to the U.S. So, yeah, yeah we just, yeah. the Japanese audience won't bat an eye at this. They'll just mm-hmm. be like, haha, something funny that's not from Japan. Right. Crazy other countries. And then the whole core story, too. I mean, uh, spoiler alert if you don't want to know anything about the story, but it's, uh, it is about uh, two young boys whose mother dies very early in the game, and the one boy is very sad about his dead mother for the entirety of the game. Jeez. And man. other people die. And basically, the whole game is about just uh, the modern world destroying nature and community <laughs> and the sense, you know, of uh, neighbor, neighborhood and sort of friendship you have with where you live and... It's very sad. Jesus. And it has an ending, too, that, oh boy, is also not necessarily happy. God. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was originally planned as, you know, Mother 64 for the N64. That's true, yeah. For the disc drive, even. Yeah. Yep, 64 yeah, I remember DD. reading about that in EGM for a long time, mm. and just like, I assume this will come out. I assume this... No, I guess not. And then... Jeez, the they GBA just scooped version. up all the story from the and put it in the GBA version, but obviously couldn't look anything like God, it. Just all the money sunk into a game that never comes out. Yeah, yeah. And now that I'm on this side of the fence, it's like, <laughs> oh, so many games that almost get made. <laughs> I bet, yeah, the number of games that, yeah, that almost come out and then don't, but still had much, 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 much money sunk into it is probably staggering. Yes. Um, uh, but yeah, it was, it was also developed by, like I was saying, Brownie Brown. They're a uh, there are a bunch of ex-Square people who left uh, 
I think uh, the core of their group worked on uh, the Mana games, uh, yeah. Secret of ah, Mana. Ah, okay, then, okay. And then uh, eventually just left there. I don't know like what caused them to exit Square, but they set up their own uh, thing. I think they've only really developed Nintendo games. I don't know if they're owned by Nintendo or not. But uh, I remember Brownie Brown. I think they did Magical Starshine. Am I correct? No, no, they, they totally they did, did Magical okay. Starshine. Magical Day, and then. Two other GBA Japanese exclusives, uh, Tomatoes Adventure and Magical Vacation. I know Tomatoes Adventure. <laughs> Magical Star Sign is so weird because they met, like, they just talk like, yeah, Magical Vacation totally happened. Remember when we followed our teacher to this place? I'm like, wow. I still wanted to play it just to finally experience a Brownie Brown game because uh, mm. it, they are so rare to America, yeah. which sucks for them. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, Mother 3, it's, it's sort of a sad game, but I mean, it plays a lot like the original ones. It's definitely really interesting. The translation's amazing, so they capture a lot of the wordplay. Because nice. there's a lot of culture references yeah, and like yeah. lots of weird sort of jokes in 2 nice. and 3. And mm-hmm. So what song's taking us out? Well, I think we're going to go with the, it's the, sort of the ending song. It's uh, Because I Love You. <laughs> I remember this. Yeah, it's or sort the of... the track name I remember. It's it's kind of a long track. It's a three-minute long one, but it's sort of... Ooh, uh, good. Yeah, it's a nice, it's a very pretty, classically Earthbound song. Excellent. Well, thank you for taking the reins on this. Yeah, well, I mean, thanks for having me on to do it. I mean, uh, I love this game. I encourage everyone to play it if you haven't played it. It's uh, it's a little archaic because it is a 16-bit All right. JRPG, SNES thing, but everything but in it is amazing. It it's, still seems like a one-of-a-kind experience. Yeah. Like, uh, And I, it's one of those blank spots that I really regret still having because the time... Yeah, the, the, there's no prestige to be like, oh, I've never played Earthbound. <laughs> it's, it, at this point, it's still such an underappreciated game. Like, I know in our circles, it's like, well, yeah, Earthbound's great, but like, it, it's still the, the mass market, or even even if, you know, let's say the g- given person who played Final Fantasy 13 or 13 2, the million plus people, it's like right. most of them, even people who are playing JRPGs to this day, yeah. never played it. Mm-hmm. So I, I still feel like it's something that I need to. I just wish Nintendo would give me a uh, reasonable outlet to mm. do it. No reason this shouldn't be on one of their downloads. It we just want to give you money. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, yeah, like it, Mother 3, that's one thing, but just find a way. Get yeah. get Earthbound 2 out there. Get Earthbound out there. And I know music may be a problem, but, uh, yeah. but it's, you know, it's such a celebrated thing that it really deserves to get out there. And I want to play it, but I'm probably not going to go find some cart that cost me more than a hundred bucks to get it. Well, I'll just continuously badger you until you do. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, VGEmpire.com is the website. Listen on iTunes. Listen via that site. Comments are always awesome. Cape Crisis for Henry. Yep. Thank you. And then Mike Grimm. Play Earthbound. Play Earthbound. <laughs>